Text of the Week. Oh, we've got plenty of callbacks. Haggis, 9221 but keep them coming for loans 1, 2, 3. The nude nut out there. Phil Carmen, not too far away. You mentioned Dennis kicking Jarvis, me and Dad. Yes. Significantly, both of them reckon that the other one was at fault for the rest of their lives. <laughs> so that was in November 1981. A couple of years before that, the great man Dennis with his aluminium bat. And I reckon that was another controversy that Dennis just said, oh, look, let's, I'm going to do this. This will get me headlines. It might sell thousands <laughs> of my bats that me and Graham Monaghan have got a shed full of them out of there in, uh, uh, in uh, oh, where is it, Carlisle? Yeah, 1979. <laughs> the way Mike Bridley said, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, Dennis. Hang on, umpire. I think he faced six balls with it, Brad. So that's a big one. Dennis again. Sure. There's plenty of those. Keep them coming. And, uh, well, our walk down memory lane continues today, and this man was a fabulous player. That's why he's nicknamed Fabulous. Talented, flamboyant, controversial. Mm. He just about did it all. There's no doubt about that. And he's been good enough to join us. Hello, Fabulous Phil Carmen. Hi, gentlemen. How are we? Going extremely well. Brad Hardy and Kim Hagdorn with you today, mate. And uh, you're still working. You know, you know you're 70 in, later in the year. 70 in September. <laughs> and you're still landscape gardening. That's, that's ridiculous, isn't it? Um, well, listen, I only do a part-time. I'm just saying to Bridget, I only work until 2 o'clock most days. Sure. But I've got a wife that's got very expensive habits. And <laughs> I've got to, she uses all the money. I've got, to, I've got to keep going for a while. I enjoy it, actually, though, Brad. And actually, it keeps me, keeps me pretty fit. I work for a lot of people a lot younger than me, and they're surprised at what I can do. But it's been an advantage, I think, to... To just to be out there doing stuff, you know, day uh, after day. Uh, can you just clarify, Kim Hagdon's my name, Phil. Uh, can you just clarify, do you enjoy the work or do you enjoy your wife's uh, flamboyant, expensive habits? <laughs> oh, no, I do enjoy the work. <laughs> hey, hey Fabulous. Go on. You were born in Eden Hope, but yeah. you, you didn't make your debut in, in Victoria. What, what happened there? You found your way across the South Australia, what, as a 16-year-old? Yeah, well, I went to Collingwood actually played the, uh, the first... Um, game outside of Metropolitan Melbourne. They came down and played the, the Cowie Narrow Court Football League, which um, Eden Hope was was in. And I actually played in a reserves game um, and I kicked six goals up to half time in the reserves. So they put me in into the senior uh, team to play against Collingham. Obviously they did all right. I was invited down there on, on a couple of occasions over I think, a two year period. Um, but they didn't uh, they they didn't sort of contact me any, anymore and Norwood and Woodville in South Australia had, had approached me, so I, I thought, well, I've never been to Adelaide before, so I thought, well, let's go there. So I ended up there, which, which I loved anyway. I had a, a sensational uh, period of time in, in Adelaide. Just, just adjust your phone a little bit there, Phil. You're just coming through a little bit muffled, but I think if you turn 45 degrees one way or the other, yep. that, that'll be better for us. But, I mean, it didn't stop there because you spent about two years out of the footy because Collingwood and Norwood, I understand, couldn't come to some sort of resolution. Yeah, well, I... They wouldn't clear me initially, uh, so I stood out of football for a year or so, and then they eventually cleared me on the provision that I would go to to um, to Collingwood to, when I, if I went to Melbourne. Um, but then I played eleven games. So I was, played eleven games, and um, uh, Collingwood then revoked the permit so that I couldn't play, and I, I had to stand out for for two years. Yeah, it was a bit uh, a long time ago, but it was you know I was, I was only eighteen then, and to miss two years of a football was, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old was uh, uh, pretty disappointing. And um, I sort of, I've never forgotten that. I've always, even though I end up back at Collingwood, 
I sort of was a bit pissed off with them actually, but over a period of time. Phil, one or two, you know, older generation gents than myself have said that uh, you know, if you're going to throw in an argument of the best player they've ever seen, you must mention Phil Carmen. Um, but yet, yeah, your, your your career is more highlighted and headlined with some of the controversies, isn't it? And uh, is, is that perhaps why you know the 58 games at uh, Norwood, 66 at Collingwood, Melbourne, Essendon, North. You travelled around a bit. Did, did you find it I difficult did. to be settled, or was it was it was there any sort of controversies relating to some of those movements? No, I, it's interesting. I look back on on my time now mm-hmm. in football, and um, I must admit I'm a, a little bit embarrassed with it because, as you said. You know, I was with four different clubs and I never got to settle in one club because I kept getting sacked from club after club after club. Hmm. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I suppose it was disappointing because I am, look, I was involved in, in several incidents um, and they, were, they weren't too good, were they? Of course, it was uh, with uh, Graham Carberry, the, the boundary umpire that I, that I headbutted. So I, I missed a... I missed a year of football then, and then also um, uh, when I was at, at Collingwood, I missed out on um, playing in a in a grand final and a, and a, and a drawn grand final. Um, missed out on those uh, through suspension when I sort of um, hit Tucky in a in a second semi final. So yeah, I look back, and the career was disappointing, and, and people recognise you for those. Indiscretions rather than that you could play play footy because everywhere I go, Brad, people say, "Oh, you're the bloke that did, but we'll touch on them. In a, we'll touch on them in a tick. But one that Kim and I were very pleased about that you did do, and I think a lot of listeners will too, is in your days at Norwood. Look, uh, Graham Corns at the best of times looked like a bulldog chewing on a wasp. <laughs> now, did you did you not rub his face in the mud when you were playing for Norwood? I, yeah, I did some incredibly <laughs> stupid things. Um, he, I, I was running past, and he, he tried to tackle me, and I just sort of um, hit him with a shirt front, and we both went to ground. And when when I was getting up off the ground, I just put my hand on his on his head. It was right in front of the uh, grandstand at Norwood, and it was a very wet and muddy day. So um, yeah, I put his head in the mud. And <laughs> it's interesting. For years, um, he would always. He was always embarrassed about that, I think. But I, I did an interview with him a couple of years ago, and um, I think he's sort of he's overcome that. And I think he can look back on it now as, as a bit funny rather than <laughs> an embarrassment to him that it was there. It's significant and respectful, um, Phil, that you sort of you know you touched that your you, your career could have been better. You know, a lot of ifs and buts, and and now you're, you're living with it. Well, one thing that is worth looking at is I think well I think there's a number, but you had a very successful stint of coaching at Sturt. Back in the yeah. uh, the Sandful, ninety five through to two thousand and one. Now Sturt, one year, I don't think won a game, and yet you took them into grand finals. You had minor premiers. W- what sort of a coach were you on the back of your own experiences? Yeah, that was that was probably when I look back. Even though playing in the the VFL was sensational, I think yeah. my period at coaching Sturt was was where I I, I got back a bit of um, kudos, I think, from mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. From, Coaching it was interesting because I, Brad, I, I knew all the things not to, to do, so I was able to be very strict and disciplined with the players. And as you said, um, we didn't win a game in my mm. first year mm. as coach. Mm. Uh, and I think the club had also been on the bottom for the last, the previous six or eight years. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we didn't win a game. Then we won four. Then we won 12. And I think then we played in a um, in a grand final against Port Adelaide. Mm. And we lost 
uh, Port Adelaide or Posh, Port Adelaide had I think about 16 players that played for the Port Power that year. So we were, we were only beaten by eight eight points. But um, yeah, that was a cent- I think I coached for about six or seven years there. Um, yeah. It was it was a wonderful wonderful time. So we went from you know being predominantly on the bottom for several years up to the back up the top, and they've remained there since. So. I, I sort of I take a little bit of credit and sort of look back at mm-hmm. those times as uh, some positive stuff that actually came out of footy for me. We're speaking with the great, fabulous Phil Carmen and Phil, a testimony to your playing abilities that your first year at Collingwood, you won the Copeland Trophy, you led the goal kicking, you broke your foot, and you were three votes shy of winning the Brownlow. Yes. Yeah, let's uh, we'll get get away from this sort of thing. No, <laughs> you, no, <laughs> no, no. Well, Brad, you've got a, you've got a brown. I haven't got one. What about? Pretty, uh, I was what? actually playing. I was playing for Victoria against WA at uh, Footy Park, mm-hmm. and just before half time, uh, the guy I was playing I can't think of the fellow's name. He was sent half back for for WA. He tried on my foot, and it's interesting. I went in. I went into the rooms and. Um, uh, the, the doctor said, oh, "Look, we'd better send you off for an X-ray." Look, I'm playing for Victoria, right? Anyway, everybody left the, the, the rooms, and I was sitting in the, in the medical room on my own. I was fortunate that a couple of Collingwood supporters came down to see um, what was going on, and I was very fortunate that they actually drove me to hospital to get an X-ray. That, that's funny. Playing for Victoria would have yeah. been different, but different today would be. Hey, another thing that it isn't different today is coloured boots. Yep. Can can you help me with was it and this I think this also exemplifies Phil Carmen just what sort of a strong personality and, and outstanding talent you were at the time was it literally the first time you ever wore those white boots no one else even dared train in them let alone and you kicked eleven goals at Moorabbin against St Kilda on the same day that George Young one of our own kicked eight yep. was that the very first time you wore those white boots no I wore them the week before against uh-huh. Essendon, and uh-huh. I, I kicked 6-8. Uh-huh. Uh, then it's interesting, that, though, is that I'd, I was, um, with the broken foot, I was out for eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And on the Thursday before my first game back against, uh, against Essendon, uh, EJ Witten and Maury Plant from Adidas came into the into the rooms, and uh, which, you know, they normally give out equipment to, to various players. Anyway, Maury... Um, came up and uh, I was sitting with a few other players and he came up to me and said, listen, have a look at these. And I opened the box and there was um, a white boots and I said, I said, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> and with that, EJ Witten shook my heart and shook my hand and handed me an envelope. He said, have a look at this. So I opened the, opened the envelope and there was a check and I said, yeah, I'll wear them. <laughs> uh, we're talking with Phil Carmen. It was pretty simple to, yeah. to wear them. Mate, I, I know we're harping on a lot of the controversies, but I think it's important because you're such a resilient bloke, and that's why I love you so much, and you're such a great player. But Mel Brown was on the on the program with Kim and I a few weeks ago, and he missed a grand final because of throwing the ball back too hard to the umpire. Um, yeah. Tell us the consequences of you hitting Michael Tuck in, in a second semi back in, in the day, and just to show how, how stiff you can be. Um. It was a second semi-final. I'd actually kicked the first couple of goals in, in, the, uh, in the first sort of 10 minutes. And you can imagine that the, the uh, adrenaline was really pumping. And I, I can vividly remember this. I, I had the ball knocked away from me. And I had to chase it for about 10, 15, 20 metres. And um, there was a Hawthorne player I could see 
even though I had my eyes on the footy, I could see a Hawthorne player coming in from the right. And I had to make a quick decision as to whether to go for the footy or, or take out this guy. And then I was in the final and I chose the ladder. I, I, hit, I hit Tucker. But I didn't realise, I wasn't reported at all. Um, it wasn't until after the game when the uh, team managers, managers exchanged um, notes as they did back in the day then. Mm-hmm. And I, then I found out that I was reported. And um, it was a boundary umpire that actually reported. It wasn't, it wasn't a senior umpire. And you got so, two yeah, weeks? I, I got two weeks. Um, and what, what, what happened to the tribunal? They said, look, we'll suspend you for one game this year and one game uh, the next season. Because, you know, I was going to miss out on the grand final. And mm. they weren't aware, obviously, that we were going to play in a drawn grand final. Oh, so no. <laughs> Collingwood, Collingwood North drew. Then I thought, shit, I've got a chance to play. So I went back to the tribunal on the Monday night. And um, I, I, when I got there earlier, I went into a room uh, to, to be away from the press. And, and one of the tribunal members sort of walked past my room and didn't see me. He said, listen, we're not going to let him get, rid of, uh, get away with this, are we? And... And I knew then that um, I wouldn't be allowed to play. So anyway, the tribunal said, no, you stand out. You miss the, uh, miss the um, second grand final. So yeah, it was a bit, a bit disappointing to miss, to miss two. Yeah. Jeez, unbelievable. That's right. Forgot about that, bro. You're bringing my <laughs> And of course, the headbutt's a big one. And Graeme Carberry. And did, you, did you ever get a chance to, to make good with, with Graeme? Because, and we're not being silly here because it wasn't you. But he was obviously uh, gay back then. He got a lot of taunts. You weren't taunting him. But, I mean, did you ever get a chance to resolve resolve things between yourselves or not? Uh, no, I only met Graham once. Uh, we, he was he umpired a game when I played. I was playing for North Melbourne. Um, we played oh, the Swans up in Sydney. And, actually, and he actually got on the plane at the same time as the players. And I just only spoke, spoke to him briefly. Then and I said, listen, I'm, I'll make sure that I don't uh, sit in the aisle in front of you. Anyway, um, no, I didn't. What I was very grateful though. I had a book come out a couple of years ago, and he gave the only interview that um, that he had about the incident, and he was very forthcoming to the author, and uh, it was quite an interesting read. So yeah, a bit disappointing because he, he did die uh, a couple of years back, but I was very fortunate that uh, we got that interview from him before he did die. Phil Carmen, final one from from me. What do you think of the modern game? Uh, yeah, look, it's interesting. I don't even miss it just at the moment. I'm, I was sort of looking forward to it starting, but I, I haven't missed it at all. I I like it, Brad. I'd love to be playing purely for the financial gain out of them. You know, you, you mm. make a lot of money. Uh, it's still an interesting game. I I don't watch a lot of it. I mean, if I do watch a game Friday night, I can, I, I'll only watch a half. If I go to the game on a Saturday, which I, I rarely do, um, I'll, I'll watch a quarter and then I spend most of my time in socialising with the other players or, or members of the footy club. So, yeah, it's still an interesting game. I, I, I would love to be playing it today. Uh, they certainly don't have the freedom of, as we uh, we did. And they would never get up to anything like we did in our day, uh, Brad, would they? No, exactly right, fabulous. Hey, mate, thanks very much for your time today. We really appreciate it. It's it's outstanding to to catch up with a man of your calibre and uh, what a colourful career you had. And good luck with the wife and good luck with the part-time landscaping.
Yeah, thank you very much. I'm going to have to go and have a drink to Abbey's. You made me a little bit depressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thanks uh, thanks very much, Brad. Good on you, mate. Fabulous, Phil Carmen. What about that, Haggis? 922 listeners. I've got 10 more questions I wanted to ask him, Brad, but uh, it was so intriguing. And one of them was Do they still call you fabulous? <laughs> and you've answered that yourself anyway. Oh, they do, mate. Everywhere he oh, goes. Of course. He, uh, he was just one of those things. So, your most controversial moments, or maybe your football enigmas, 922 You heard it from fabulous Phil himself. Probably uh, wish he had been a little bit more on the straight and narrow. This is Front and Centre.